Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. If you could get by without it, would you do the right thing anyway? And if you could get away without it, would you do the principled thing anyway? And if you could get ahead without going by the rules, would you obey the rules anyway? That is all the majority of people think of getting away, of getting by, of getting away, or, and of getting ahead as the only thing that matter. That is what is called expediency, to achieve your ends without regard to what is right or good, surrendering principle to win at all costs. That is how the world lives these days. This is what works. To show that mere expediency is no way to live is something that is critiqued throughout the Bible. And in fact, you might say it forms the bookends of the Bible, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, are stories told about why to approach life by doing only what is expedient without regard to what is principled is not a good way at all to live. In the New Testament, there is the story of Judas Iscariot who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And in the Old Testament, there is the story of Esau who sold his birthright to his brother Jacob for a mess of pottage. And according to the Bible, he despised his birthright. The story of Esau is written as a direct critique of the idea of merely doing what is expedient for the moment. As Esau said it himself, look, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? The trouble is that Esau did not die immediately and he lived long enough to regret what he had done. And the thing he gave up so easily is what in the end, that for which he wept with bitter tears in order to regain, but alas, it was too late. It is not just Esau whose expediency is critiqued in the story. It is also Jacob <coughs> who connived to rob his brother of his birthright and spent the rest of his life seeking to make amends for it or otherwise to pay for his deception. But the focus in the is on the story of Esau. The Genesis account is of G Isaac and Rebekah, 
who had twin boys. The elder was Esau, or as they say, Esau came out first. And Jacob came out holding Esau's heel, which is the Hebrew way of saying he was born to get his way with what does not belong to him by deception. <coughs> the Bible has a way of leading with its conclusion. So it tells us that Esau sold his birthright one day when he was hungry to his brother Jacob in exchange for the food he needed. It was its way of telling us that Esau proved to be unworthy and undeserving of the heir of his household because he was too ill-tempered and too impetuous. Later on in the narrative, it told us that he married Hittite women, something strongly forbidden in order to preserve the fragile Hebraic culture. What the story does is to use the narrative to convey the hidden consequences of our betrayal of principle in an attempt to get by, to get away, or to get ahead. Esau never recovered. And the habit of expediency was not a momentary lapse, but a way of life for him. The commitment to doing what is right and following what is principled is so uncommon that our people are at risk of forgetting what doing what is right and following what is principled looks like. To do so comes in for bad press. The story of Esau is a moment to think about what it looks like and what it means and in what way the failure to follow what is principled and to do what is right costs us in the rest of our lives. In the first place, Esau's story reminds us that talent cannot make up for the loss of the commitment to principle. Esau was obviously the more talented of the two boys. He was a man's man. He was a skilled hunter and loved a good game in the open country. This compares favorably with Jacob, who was a homebody and loved the kitchen. Later on in life, as the narrative unfolds, we see how Esau had achieved much more livestock than Jacob had, that he had his men and his holdings well-organized and well-structured, but he was unworthy of the prophetic endorsement of fertility and dominion, which was the blessing to be bestowed by his aged dying father. His father refused to retrieve the blessing he bestowed on Jacob. When his father Isaac found out, though blind, that he had been deceived by Jacob, Esau's choice of expediency over principle had rendered him unworthy of leadership in the family. The cacophony of sounds and the noise are deafening from those who are promoting the unprincipled as worthy. They believe that what they lack in logic or truth can be made up for with noise and passion. 
but it will be as ineffective as Esau's tears. History rejected Esau, and it will reject the unprincipled as well. Do not believe by the size of their holdings or their material achievements that they will succeed. They will all wither away and end in disappointment. Doing what is right and what is principled is taking the long view. It is to be concerned not just with what is immediate, but what is ultimate. The newly minted president of the USA, Joe Biden, in his, in, is on his maiden trip abroad as president. And he said it himself that he's traveling at a time when autocracy is more popular and effective than democracy. The world is more governed by those who do what it takes at the expense of what is right and what is principle to get by, to get away and to get ahead. If we do not find a way to reverse this trend and lead and be led by principle, we will reap the whirlwind. When we abandon principle, and fail to do what is right in favor of what is expedient, we will end up with second best. There is an uncritical view that Jacob was the better of the twin boys. This is not the perspective of the narrative in Genesis. It showed how Jacob took advantage of the fact that his brother was hungry to jilt him out of his birthright. But it did not end there, for Jacob, what he did to his brother, he had to, had to be repeated to his father. Though he was helped by his mother, he heard the words that told him that his father knew what he was up to and saw through him in the words of ultimate condemnation. The hand is the hand of Esau, but the voice is the voice of Jacob. When he did what he did to his brother and his father, he had to do again to his uncle Laban to get Rachel, his wife, and the majority of his flock of goats. And then the narrative climaxes with his meeting with his brother Esau and with himself at Paniel near the brook. And if all of that were not enough, what Jacob did to his brother and his father and his entire family, Jacob's children did to him. When you start down the expediency trek, it never ends. It is a slippery slope. It is a race to the bottom. We are better off taking the long road and the patient trek of what is right and what is principled. Doing what is expedient may be easy, and it may be quick, but the damage done and the cost you pay are incalculable. It is riding the tiger. You can't get off of it. It is not merely that Esau was exceeded by a lesser man. It is us and Israel who were led by the worse and not the better option, all because of the surrender of principle our best choice is to do what is right as long as it takes and as much as it costs. Expediency ends up with deep and profound regrets. 
The Genesis account of Esau and Jacob begins in chapter 25 and it occupies the rest of the book all the way to chapter 50. We meet Esau's regret early in the story when he found out that his younger brother had tricked his blind and aged father and had secured his father's blessing in his stead. He wept with bitter tears. But later on in the narrative, after Jacob had lived with the deception of his sons, who told him that a ravenous beast had killed his son Joseph and that then his other son Benjamin was kept by the prime minister of Egypt as a ransom. The father ate the bitter grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Jacob wept with bitter tears. That is what expediency eventually brings. We abandon our principle and what we know is right and there are temporary victories. For a while we are in the ascendancy, but it does not last. Things come crashing down. There is a sting in the tail. Eventually it becomes the pattern of our existence. Nothing principled or right, only intrigue and complication. It is our story of sorrow and mystery. It is true because of God's grace. Jacob and Esau were reconciled and Israel's tears were assuaged. But the point of the story is that we need not travel the road of expediency. It takes away from us more than it returns. It leads to a lifetime of intrigue and regrets. It is better to do what is right and what is principled and what we achieve will be worth having. Let us do what we know to be right and let us insist on others that they also do what is right. Amen.